Want to stream cognitive dissonance to your Android or iPhone? Buy the app. Go to dissonancepod.com and click on the link on the right-hand side of the page. Each purchase helps support the show. Hi, y'all. This is Hillbilly God in for another installment of God's Mailbag. Last week, I made up a hurricane. That hurricane was named after a youngin' that Abraham was supposed to sacrifice. So for me, it was kind of a big deal. Anywho's, I set that wind to spinning, and it wasn't but a few minutes later, people started flooding my suggestion box with comments. Here's a couple that I got. God, you need to make sure that hurricane doesn't hit Tampa. As a Ron Paul supporter, I need to make my voice heard. Not at the ballot box, but by shouting out a turn at the convention. Well, here's a note. Dear God, please make the hurricane miss the Republican National Convention. I have a whole week of strip clubs and hookers lined up, and I would really hate to have to miss out on all the fun. Here's one more. Yahweh. Now, now that's, that's a fancy name they call me once in a while. Please let Hurricane Isaac miss Florida. If you don't, there won't be any way we can shout USA, USA for hours and hours. So many people sent suggestions that I took your advice and moved it. I still can't figure out why they didn't just want me to stop the thing altogether. I mean, if you didn't want it, I could have just made it disappear. But I think that lots of people in Tampa just wanted to spread God's love all over New Orleans. And then like that Katrina one so much, they still haven't rebuilt from it. I think they do that just so they can remember it better. Okay, well thanks for joining me, and be sure to tune in next week when we talk about my favorite kind of hound dog. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome at. This is episode 63 of Cognitive Dissonance. And uh, I, I blame the children, Cecil. Blame them for what? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We will. We will definitely blame him get for to be, that. blame him for wearing those those short short skirts. Is that it? Right. You know, like right. Very yeah, suggestive the, uh, those, little pants. Those damn tempting, yeah. tempting yeah. children. <laughs> little Eric, are you trying to seduce me? <laughs> Reverend Justin Peters is part of an effort to cover the party conventions in prayer, and she says there's been plenty of prayer about Isaac in the last few days. We have had lots and lots of people praying. Uh, around the clock that it would move and if you watch 
the, from the very beginning where they were saying it was coming and now where they're saying it's going, then it has really moved out of the way for us. And we appreciate God doing that and moving it for us. So Cecil, uh, it was a big week this week. Uh, a lot of things going on. The uh, Republican National Convention was uh, in Florida. Mm-hmm. Mitt Romney officially got the nod. He is... You know, not that there was any yeah, right. possibility it was going anywhere else, but he officially got the nod, the nod and uh, a hurricane, thankfully, was diverted away from Florida, away from the Republican National Convention, and toward that, uh, you know, deserving <laughs> city of New Orleans, which certainly needs more hurricanes. That place that is not prone to natural disasters, you know. The, the, you know, the city that's below sea level. Yeah, the <laughs> City that got fucking one-two punched before is going to get one-two punched again. Thank you. Thanks for praying it over there, guys. You couldn't fucking pray it out to fucking see the other way, huh? No, no, no. You got to go inland with it. That's the way to go. Don't pray it up the coast. You know what I mean? Like, you don't pray it up the coasts. And look at this. I mean, I love this this image, this woman. What an empty-headed moron this woman is. <laughs> I mean, like, you, you heard this person talking. They're just, like, all giddy about how it proved that you know god exists basically that they prayed the fucking hurricane away. We well, get that's what they're that's what they're saying is that the the hurricane blew past the Republican National Convention on its way to New Orleans instead cuz you know I mean New Orleans needs it. Yeah. I mean when they I need the they, rain. They, they need <laughs> hurricanes. They're just like they're thirsty for yeah. fucking hurricanes. Have you ever seen fucking Bourbon Street? It needs a washing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it needs to get clean. That's a dirty fucking street, man. Any street you could walk down and find, you know, like like human semen, <laughs> turds, and vomit all within like a fucking square centimeter of each other, you need to fucking wash that street. That's all I'm saying. The, well, you know, and that's the thing is hurricanes, and a lot of people don't know this, but this is a fact. I made it up. Um, is hurricanes are God's power washer. <laughs> and he just he just blasts that because that's what they, you know, yeah. like, oh, there's going to be a gay pride parade. <laughs> just wash it away. Yeah. But, you know, he, he steered it away. Thankfully, he listened to the, uh, to the Republicans. They pray. And when Republicans pray, it means a little more. Absolutely. You know, it's like, Absolutely. remember like in the U.S. Constitution, we used to have that three-fifths thing? Yeah. It's like Democrats are like a three-fifths when yeah. they pray. Yeah. You, know, oh, you got to yeah. get a lot of them to really mean anything. And most of them, you know, so. But when Republicans pray, it's like 40. You, you know, need it's like, like four high-ranking Republicans. Like, that's <laughs> it. Like, four at the maximum. I don't know, Tom. I, I'm going to dispute you here. I don't think that a hurricane is God's power washer. I actually think it's God's scrubbing bubble. That's what I think it is. Like he sprayed that like stuff on the top, the Tylex or whatever it is. And it just like zoomed around, fucked up the earth for a little while and then took off. The idea that you would, that you would pray the hurricane to just divert. That's the best part of it. Right? Oh, I know. Like, you don't divert it like out into the open ocean. Yeah, up the, up the East Coast. You wouldn't do that, right? No, you got to divert it and kill a bunch of people. Right. Like, or just like, just into the empty Atlantic. Right? Like, oh, man, we got a hurricane coming. Well, we can move it through the power of prayer. Yeah, we can. Can't we just defeat the hurricane? No, we're not strong enough. We're just people. Damn. Where should we send it? (laughs) New Orleans. Wait, what? That's the worst place. That is actually the worst place. That's That's like praying an earthquake to Haiti. Yeah. Like, that's a... It's a fucking terror. Like, hey... Uh, let's redirect that tsunami to oh, Indonesia. Right. You yeah. know, like that's a fucking awful idea. They don't idea. need that. They're they're busy. They have other things to do, like still rebuild from Katrina. What incredible hubris that these fucking idiots have well, to just take credit for the hurricane not hitting their convention. Well, and what would what would have happened if it would have hit? 
Would that have been a sign for from God that they didn't that that they shouldn't have had that convention or that he didn't like Mitt Romney? You know, like you can. The thing is, is is this is how um, interpreting uh, things in the natural occurrences in the world as divine. Uh, intervention. That's how this works is you just pick something and you eat. It's either a benefit, right? You're saying, oh, we're being benefited. God is choosing us to, to avoid this portion. You know, never mind all the praying Christians in, uh, in New Orleans. He's not listening to them. He's only listening to the ones that are, you know, want to go out and get strippers and blow after the RNC. He's like, only listening like, to the rich white yeah, ones. He's, he's, right. he's, which, he's listening to the 3000 richest white people in America. Like that's what he's listening to. Right. But, um, but but that's that's not the case. This is how this works. If if it would have hit, they would have said something like, "Oh, well, this proves that you know Mitt Romney shouldn't be president because he's a Mormon," or you know they'll they'll just spin it how they want to spin it. Yeah, I mean that, that, that's exactly the point, right? Like you, it, when it hits, and now what's what are they going to do? I mean, it's going to hit a bunch of you know uh, black Democrats, you know, and that's and wow, you know, God, God's sending a message. Yeah, no, well. there's just a hurricane. And you have your convention in Florida. Yeah, I know. During hurricane During, season. <laughs> you know, like hurricane season is like all the months. Right. It's most of the months, it you turns know, it, out. That's so yeah. funny that you say that because I remember, I think I was talking to you. Like we were looking up. I'm like, oh, when's hurricane season? I was thinking about taking a cruise and it's like. All of them. It's all the months. It's all of them. You're just like, what, what, I would like to take a cruise, but not during her. Oh. It's all the months. Yeah, man. You'd be spending most of the time fucking throwing up if you got caught in a hurricane on a cruise. Sure, you could eat all you want, but you're going to be fucking have a huge vomit pot at the end of the day. If I can eat all I want, it's still worth it. <laughs> if I can eat all I want. See, I look at that as a challenge. It's, it's like, like the really? Rome cruise lines. <laughs> you vomit up all your lines. food. <laughs> and just so you know, I don't think that vomitoriums are actual places. That was a joke. We know that fucking they didn't actually fucking do that stuff, that it's a misconception, but it's just a joke. No, I'm taking that literally. I'm sending you an email myself. Yeah. Get away. Step away from the keyboard. I'm Please sending you all the emails. Step away from the keyboard. Do you are not now receiving all the emails. An email telling me <laughs> how wrong I am. Long this next story is from The Guardian. 17 Afghan partygoers beheaded by the Taliban. 15 men and two women killed as punishment for attending a mixed sex party with music and dancing. Remember that time, Cecil, when music and dancing was illegal and punishable by getting your fucking head cut off? Was, yeah, that was 2012 that was in a rough Afghanistan. Go of it. Yeah, that's a rough Not go of it. Like the 13s. Like just the 13s, you would think at some point. But, God, ah, we're a little too progressive yeah. <laughs> for this. I mean, it's just dancing. You, you, you're misunderstanding this, Tom. It says, for the Taliban, flirting and open displays of its affection and the mixing of men and women are vehemently condemned. And they vehemently condemn it by beheading you. That is vehement. That's pretty vehement. Like, <laughs> nobody can argue with their vehemence. Like, at no point could you say, like, ah, you know, I wasn't, I just, I wasn't sold. I wasn't, when they beheaded those people, I wasn't. Can, and, and do you think that they passed any kind of formal judgment at all? Like, any kind of, you know, I mean, how does that go? Like, you stand convicted of dancing. 
Wait, what? I was just dancing. It's like children dance automatically when music plays. It's just fucking something the human animal does. Yeah, you're convicted of it. Oh, fuck. What do I get? Like, slap up, beheaded. Yeah, no, you just get to die. You know, how many fucking different crimes do they have where you can die from them? They have got to have, like, you know how we have one, you know? We have a crime. That you can you can die from in the United States, and we technically think that's too many, right? Yes. But yes. there's one crime you can die from. The fact is, is that these guys have, they must have like 50 or 60 crimes because this is pretty low level when you come right down to it. This isn't even a misdemeanor anywhere else. It's actively encouraged. Yeah. You know, like like you can enroll your kids in dance class. You can. You know. You can send your kids to a party in their teen years. Right. So they can flirt with girls and guys. You know, these rules obviously don't have any uh, reality to it. They don't have any relationship to how we respond to each other sexually as people. You know, they don't have any relationship to who we are as people, like as, as human animals. Like they don't recognize. They don't seem to care at all. These These ridiculous restrictions that... You know, like, people are just, like, they're just made of fucking biology. Like, they're just made of fucking flesh and bone, and they they attempt to create these... I, I have to wonder if these, these rules are in place not because they want to protect any kind of uh, sexual uh, innocence, but because somebody just likes fucking beheading people. Somebody, somebody's sitting around like, ah, everybody's behaving. Yeah. What can we make illegal? What can we make worthy of beheading? Well, I think you're absolutely right. You know, Tom, this is this is interesting. The uh, there is this feeling like they're going against biology in so many ways. It's like those people that put those fucking rings around their necks to stretch their necks out, or the right. binding of the feet. You know what I mean? Like it's got this feeling like you need to um, do something really, really strange in order to sort of reject your natural uh, your natural inclinations. And I think your natural inclinations are. To at, you know, at a young age, we're talking probably between, you know, after you hit puberty, what, 13 to like 25 is to fuck like rabbits. Like that's your natural inclination. And they have set up a way in which to make sure that that doesn't happen. Or at least if it happens, the people die or they have to be in secret or you have to fucking commit some weird rape. And then you could marry the person. They just have these weird like get out of jail free cards. But I really do feel like it's that rejection of, you know, your own humanity of, because it is human to want to have sex. Yeah. And why would, why would a god create – you know, like here's the thing that, that strikes me. This has always struck me is, you know – we don't have for a moment an idea that that a that a a masterful being that a god created a lion and is upset with it every time it kills an antelope or a gazelle, right? You know, there's no that's absurd. That's right. silly. That's or ridiculous, fucks. right? Or fucks, right? Or or you know, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, there's an elephant fucking. Oh, okay. Well, elephants fuck. I mean, they're just fucking animals. What are you gonna do? But but somehow I'm supposed to believe that there's this god who creates a system of rules that directly contradict the fact of myself and and then wants me to be sorry that I didn't live up to an you know an, an ostentatious set of rules that don't have any relationship with who I am as a biological creature I mean uh, nobody would impose that on any other animal you wouldn't you wouldn't pass judgment on a you know like we said like you wouldn't pass judgment on on a dog for fucking another dog 
Just be like, right. well, dog's or, or shitting on the carpet. Right. You know, we're <laughs> like, you know, oh, the dog ate the cat. Well, I, you know, I didn't like the outcome. Yeah. But I, you know, you kind of can't blame the dog. He ate the yeah. cat. Like, okay, well, that dude was dancing with that girl. Dudes be willing to dance with girls. Girls be willing to dance with dudes. That's, why would I, why would I possibly think that there was a guy who was like, I made you. I made you want to do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Well, Cecil, uh, this is a story from uh, PRI.org, uh, Public Radio International, um, which I find amusing that I grabbed this story from Public Radio. I know. Uh, the music has died in northern Mali as Islamic <laughs> extremists exert control. Um, now, for those who don't remember, uh, Mali was the country where um, some folk were beheaded for yeah. the uh, crime of adultery recently sure. or stoned to death. I'm sorry. Stoned to death. They weren't beheaded. They were stoned to death. Another barbaric way to murder people for I'd, non-crimes. I actually prefer the beheading, as long as oh. it's a big enough weapon. Man, beheading over stoning all day, every day. Because stoning sucks. You gotta get, you gotta wait to get hit in the fucking noggin and hard enough to go out. But you, the beheading, though, don't you wonder, like, how sharp is your beheaderizer? I just you hope know? that they're doing it like fucking old school, old timey with the giant axe. You know, like where that, they're just like, they yes. got the fucking guy with the hood and they try to throw down that big axe and chop your head off in one blow. Because, man, without it, that's not a good way to go either. Cecil, if they ever pass an assisted suicide and I need to take advantage of it, yeah. I hope one of my options is beheaded by an old-timey, old-timey executioner. Act. And you don't want to get hit, just nicked, because then you stand up and run around. Like a chicken, you know, and that's <laughs> not just good. Balking around, yeah. <laughs> you got your arms at your side. You're clucking as you're running around. <laughs> we have totally wandered from Molly. Oh, wait, at we got to talk about Molly. I'm sorry. That's all right. <laughs> Talking about old timey executioners. Old timey. I see, but 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 when I when I go, like old timey executioner would not be bad. But he does have to be wearing black pants, be shirtless, yes, black shirtless. hood, and a pot yeah. belly, right, and yeah. the black hood. He's got to right. have the black hood. And he's got to spit on his hands before he actually, you know, he's got to get one of those, like, lumberjack spits on his hand. He's like, two, two, and, like, smacks them together, gives it the old rub. And then, I want him to, like, sharpen his, his axe right in front of yeah, me, with a, like, with when my head's on the stump. Yeah, with a regular stone, too. Not with, like, yes. a sharp, it just has a regular stone in his and hand. And then, like, like, drop a feather on it and, like, splits <laughs> in half from just the weight of the, of no, the feather. No, he plucks out one of his hairs. And he right, holds so that's it, what he does. cuts the hair in half. We have seen the same cartoon. Yeah, we have. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I saw Popeye too growing up. So in the uh, desert region, the northern desert region of Mali, all music has been banned except for Quranic verses. All of it. All the music. So humming to yourself while you're working, like well, if it's not a Quranic verse, fuck it. It's just, and these are laws I would take pretty fucking seriously. Considering that they just stoned some folk to death. No kidding. And that you could get beheaded in other countries for flirting with a with the opposite sex. Right. I would take the music ban very, very, very seriously. I would be very... I wouldn't even whistle. This is a joyless interpretation of your fucking religion, oh, right? Oh, it is. Like, you know, I, I understand this, I, this fucking passed around nonsense notion that like, oh, well, you know, religion makes the world a richer place, you know, a more culturally interesting place and you have to respect the heritage of these great people fuck that noise this is joyless this is a bleak joyless place with fucking top-down 
unitarian control of the people. That shit is fucking evil. It's exactly right, Tom. You're totally right because people make that claim all the time where they say, oh, well, you know, look at all these the beauty that, that religion has created. Well, look at all the beauty that religion is silencing now. So, you know, in the one hand, you can count all the beauty that is created. I mean, I can go to a church and appreciate the church. I can go sit in the pews and listen to church music and I, you know, I can appreciate that. I can look at religious art and appreciate it. But the fact is, is that when you censor and try to control the populace and stop them from doing things that are non-religious but music related, you're censoring all the music. So, you know, there's a scale here, and I think you're tipping it in one way. Sure, you might have created something beautiful, but that doesn't necessarily mean that other things of beauty shouldn't be able to exist. Because one rose is pretty. Burn the rest yeah, of the no world! Kidding, right? <laughs> or rose, the rose is your only flower. The rest right. of the fucking flowers, get rid of them. I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline. Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin. But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine, then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699. We've been spending most our lives living in an Amish paradise. A churn butter once or twice living in an Amish paradise. It's hard work and sacrifice living in an Amish paradise. We sell quilts at discount price living in an Amish paradise. Cecil. Not a good time to be a stray Amish dude. Just throwing this out there. This no. is from the Guardian.uk. No. There's a trial going on in Ohio against a uh, group of Amish extremists? I know what you're thinking. Do they just do they raise barns in the middle of the night? Are they hot wheeling their uh, horse and carriages through the town at all hours? Blasting their music from non electrically powered. <laughs> They're playing Sources. like they have one of those crank up like fucking radio phones. <laughs> like playing. <laughs> like the, oh, the best they could do is loud calliope yeah. music. Like, like ragtime. Like it's the best they can do. It's like one of those electro like pianos with all the, the player pianos that do it on their own or whatever. To get a big Edison horn on the top, yeah. like blow it out. I know it's probably not called a fucking Edison horn, but like blowing out the music like to all the passers by. <laughs> Well, the, uh, there's a trial going on. Uh, 16 members of a breakaway Amish group are accused of uh, attacking people to cut their hair. Yeah. Specifically their beards. <laughs> beard cutting. That's right. Beard right, cutting, Cecil. Right. No, it's. I mean, beard cutting is bad, I guess, for them because once they get married, they're supposed to grow their beard indefinitely. So you're, you're supposed to physically grow your beard forever after that. Um, I'm going to read directly from the article here. This dummy, his name is Mullet, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> but uh, but this dummy it. says, he says, you have your own laws uh, on the road in town. If somebody doesn't obey them, you punish them. But it's not. A, but I'm not allowed to punish the church people. Uh, I just let them run all over me. If every family would just do as they pleased, what kind of church would we have? Well, you're not allowed to physically punish. Anyone, really, unless I think unless it's your kid. Like, you're not allowed to physically punish your husband or wife. That's domestic violence. You're not allowed to do that to anybody in our culture. So I don't even know where he's drawing the analogy, saying, like, you guys punish people. Why can't we punish people? Yeah, well, we also have a fucking arbiter who does it. It's not somebody who's involved in the process. There's there's an arbitrary person who sits on a fucking bench and decides whether or not that person gets gets 
uh, get sentenced or a yeah. trial of your peers. You're not giving them a trial. You're just basically holding them down and nipping their beard off. <laughs> well, and he, he also says that uh, um, he, he allowed the beatings of those who disobeyed him. This is my favorite part. Had sex with married women to cleanse them. Oh, yeah. That's a good cleansing. What, what do you got, Formula 409 in there? Hey, How does. are you cleansing them? <laughs> hey, they're the oh, Amish. You... you don't know. You know, you just don't know. My semen is so pure, it actually makes you cleaner just yeah. to fucking put it in there. <laughs> You'll be translucent if I do this enough. That's... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I love that. It's like it, it, by by that logic that that he said about the the punishment thing. It'd be like somebody's speeding, and all of a sudden, like just random neighbors come running out and beat him with clubs. Yeah. That's not how we do shit. <laughs> well, they said they held him down. I'm going to read from the end of the article here, and uh, it says. In one of the attacks, authorities say one couple acknowledged that their two sons and another man came into their house, held them down, and cut their father's beard and their mother's hair. They refused to press charges. And what that tells me is that you really fucking believe in fairy tales if someone's punishment is to hold them down and cut their hair. Because they're not Samson. They're fucking Hezekiah the barn builder. There's a big difference. (laughs) I've got the source of your power, yeah. snip, snip. No, I mean, it's your like, beard. that's like, we do that shit at Great Clips. Yeah. Who cares? Like, nobody, nobody Gillette, cares. That's the best just... a man can get. <laughs> if, you know what would be awesome is if they did that and the guy who that they were, you know, cutting his beard is just like, ah, uh, a little more off the top. Yeah. A little more just, or like, like the guy, like somebody's go. like He's waiting like, and it's like, they're holding yeah. his buddy down. Like, you want some of this? You're next. He's like. Uh, yeah, using number three share. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, can you give me some of those back, uh, wicked be... sideburns? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're just, oh, I'm going to cut your fucking beard. How are you going to like that? You're not going to feel it. It won't matter. It'll grow right back. Yeah. Oh. Wait, what? <laughs> Dude, it's totally not going to grow back for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> it's hair. Yeah. I love their beards, though. I really do think the Amish beard with no mustache is the coolest shit ever. Like, that yeah, just, is a neck beard. Like, that <laughs> is a neck beard. I mean, I understand that, like, like sexual attractiveness is is very largely cultural. Right. But you look at these dudes, and like you said, they got a beard dangling from their neck. Yeah, they look like lions. <laughs> they have, like, big, long, bushy fake. hair with a huge beard under They look like the mane. Can you imagine some woman being like, oh, man, I love your fucking neck beard. Man, <laughs> well, they, I can't wait to. They're not allowed to grow the neck beard until they're married. So that's why they do it is to ward away all the women. So then I wonder if, like, young single women are thinking, like, oh, I wonder what he's going to look like when his neck beard grows. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait uh. to run my fingers through it. <laughs> Bristly pubic softness. I can't wait to get my hands stuck in there. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait to pick the crumbs out of that after dinner. It's like his own little fucking. Uh, it's like his own little uh, bib. You know what I mean? It's like a like the neck beard is totally like a hair bib. I would shape mine into the shape of a lobster. <laughs> Or like a king crab claw, you know? Just saying your face. You're dipping butter shit. in it. Just, uh. Your beard smells like clarified butter. It's so oily soft. 
how they get it to stay straight, man. They just run the clarified butter right through it. It's awesome. For God's sake, Mrs. Robinson. Here we are. You got me into your house. You give me a drink. You put on music. Now you start opening up your personal life to me and tell me your husband won't be home for hours. So? Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Aren't you? See, so this next story is kind of all over the tubes, but this is from HuffingtonPost.com. Father Benedict Groschel, 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 American friar, claims teens seduce priests in some sex abuse cases. This is clearly the comments of somebody who has sex with teenagers. Right. <laughs> like, there is... Yeah, he's like, like, he's digging himself a deeper hole as he goes on. Right. The, the FBI reads this as like, well, break out the wiretaps, boys. <laughs> Put this guy on the watch list, huh? Right. I've got to, I've got to read very briefly at least one of the things. Oh, this, yeah, we're going to read this. several of these things, I think. So he said, Cecil, and I'm going to quote, well, it's not so hard to see a kid looking for a father and didn't have his own, and they won't be planning to get into heavy-duty sex, but almost romantic, embracing, kissing, perhaps sleeping, but not having intercourse or anything like that. Cecil, um, I don't have romantic embracing and kissing and sleeping with my dad. <laughs> That's not something people do. You don't have a very special relationship with your father. I mean, I love my dad. Yeah, my dad's no, a great man. I, I loved my dad, too. I never fucked him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> never fucked my dad, turned out. Uh, you know, and I don't think, you know, here's the thing. I don't think my dad had any inclination to fuck me either. Like, I don't Probably think my not. dad was like, nope. or, nope. you know, touch me while I was naked or kiss me. You know what I mean? Like, like my dad always gave me a peck on the cheek, but not like fucking full tongue kiss me. You <laughs> right. know? Like, I'd be like, hey, dad, what's going on? You know? Calm down there, buddy. Here's your drink. But, you know, like, like he's, he's talking about something that just isn't, like, you could tell this guy um, is so out of touch with, what it means, I think, to have that kind of relationship. Because he's not a father, you know, he's a brother, I think. But he's not a like a real father. If he is a father, technically, you know, in the in the Catholic sense, or the Christian sense. But um but this guy says a lot of weird shit. Like there's a lot of stuff this guy has to say. He says, suppose you have a man having a nervous breakdown and a youngster comes after him. A, l- a lot of these cases, the youngster, 14, 15, 16, is the seducer. And you're like, okay, that's cool um, if that's the case, which is probably not. But let's pretend that it's the case for every single episode that's ever happened of impropriety with a priest and a young person, whether it's a boy or a girl. Right. Shouldn't you have enough responsibility to be like, um, you're very young. Like here's, a, here's, a, here's an analog. I'm a married man. If a woman comes up to me and says, hey, Cecil, you want to jump in the sack? It's my responsibility to be like, I'm sorry, while I am flattered, and this would never happen in the real world. (laughs) I am not going to get in the sack with you because I am a married man. I have obligations to my wife, and I'm not going to have sex with you. Same thing with, you know, if if a young person were to come to a single person, like a young girl, a young boy were to come to somebody who's single and much older and say, I want to have sex with you. It's their job. Whether It doesn't matter if 14, 15, uh, 16, or 18. You know, 18's fucking fine, evidently. It doesn't matter if it's 18. But, you know, but 14 and 16, you have to say, look, 
I'm not allowed to do that. I have obligations to the state, basically, to not go around diddling kids. And you're still a kid. I can't do it. Well, and and wouldn't you think that if you were a great moral authority, that that his— Well, you would know that. Yeah, yeah, and that has joined an order that's based on celibacy? Yeah, right. Like, do you think that that it's okay? Like, I can't have regular, normal, natural sexual relations with a man or woman. I can't. I can't do that. I've joined this. I've said no sex. Right. And then all of a sudden some some kid comes on to you and you're like, well, I said no sex, but I mean, maybe it means no sex with grownups. But it's just a kid, right? So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it says here, too, it says, <clears throat> Groeschel expressed a belief that most of these relationships are heterosexual in nature and that historically sexual relationships between men and boys have not been thought of as crimes. And you're like, no, they're not heterosexual in nature. They're, uh, they're pedophiliac in nature. Or at best, they're aphebophilic in nature. At the very best, they're aphebophilic. It's, I mean, th- th- this is a guy who is defending aggressively to the point where he even said um, that he doesn't think that the first offense should even be a crime. He said, I'm inclined to think that on a priest's first offense— they should not go to jail because their intention was not committing a what? crime. Really? Like raping people is not a crime? Like if I, did, I you know I know I I know I raped that little boy or girl. I know. Okay. But what I meant to do was just have sex with them. Yeah. When they were unable to consent. So you can see the difference. And should and should all sex offenders receive that same type of clemency? Should they all receive that? No. You wouldn't say that about somebody else. You're only protecting the people that are in your order. It's a ridiculous idea. And this guy didn't backpedal on it either. Like, that's the weird thing. Like, he really wasn't, he wasn't trying to step away from it. He just kept on saying shit that was dumber and dumber to try to reinforce it. Well, Cecil, I have to say, though, that he does hit the nail on the head when he says that uh, kids looking for father figures might be drawn to priests to fill an emotional hole. I think he misunderstands emotion. No, I think he's talking about physical. <laughs> <laughs> One Listen, of the I just want to fill your emotional yeah. hole. Just the yeah. just the tip of your emotional that will that'll plug up your emotional yeah. hole. <laughs> you know, what a lot of people don't know is that your emotions will actually escape out of your ass. Yeah. <laughs> or your mouth. That's so you a, yeah. The, any orifice. That's why yeah. and it's a you know, I mean, we're not porous, so no. you know, but yeah. It's, yeah, just any orifice. Basically, if you can fuck it, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying, <laughs> is that emotions <laughs> escape from it. Like, if it's a fucking hole, right. then emotions They could just might, slip right out of there. They pop out of it. <laughs> That's why a lot of times you just see, like, like sadness, like, laying on yeah. the floor. That's somebody's emotions that just fell out. <laughs> what I don't understand is why you lube the hole, because I would imagine after you're done fucking, <laughs> it just fall right out of there. <laughs> well, because anger dries it up. <laughs> That's the... So does resentment. (laughs) And disgust. (laughs) So we're going to take a quick break, give you some information to contact us, and then we're going to come right back, so stick around. Want to contact Cognitive Dissonance? Visit them on Facebook. You can find the link at the website dissonancepod.com or type it in the Facebook search bar. Be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. Their handle is at dissonance underscore pod. The guys also post to Google Plus now, too, so check them out there. And if you'd like to email them, you can do so at dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. 
You can also leave a comment on the blog at their webpage or give them a call at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Long distance rates apply. And to everyone who listens, shares, retweets, or rates the show, Cognitive Dissonance would like to cordially thank you for all of your fucking support. Cecil, this next story is from the Daily Mail. Because it's so reliable. Um, Here comes our email for the Daily Mail again. (laughs) Thieves steal vial of late Pope John Paul II's blood from a priest's backpack. Um, Why you got Pope blood? What? (laughs) Yeah, I know. You read that, you're just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're carrying around Pope blood. Yeah, I didn't read this right. Are you saying Pope blood? (laughs) (laughs) And did you say... That the Pope blood was in a backpack? Right. Why, was it in a, like, what was it? Is it in a biohazard container? <laughs> Why not just FedEx that shit? You know, if you're going to send your, if, you, if it absolutely positively has to get there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're Pope blood. You can't FedEx biohazards. That's why. Right. This is so insane. I had no idea they were still doing relics. Yeah. I really had no I idea. I mean, I knew that relics were like a big deal. During, like, you know, the Middle Ages and what have you. I, I, I knew people would travel all over the countryside to be close to one and lay hands on them and try to be healed by fucking garbage and charlatans and chunks sure. of old bones and shit. Yeah. But it's fucking 2012. Yeah. This is just a pope. He's just a dude. Yeah. Is he, you, he's not even be- beatified yet, is he? Did they beatify him? I don't know. Is the blood golden yet? I guess. Uh, it, did they put it on like like? Did it, does it take off tarnish off silver? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, oh but, man, it's great on your cereal. I love this. Do pope you blood. think though, Tom, that it's still actually blood because he died fucking seven years ago? Well, you know, if it's if it's perfectly sealed, I think it would stay. Would it stay if it's her? I guess if it's hermetically sealed or whatever, it would right. be. You know, I don't know. I had Pope John II blood sausages. Yeah, were they right? And they were good, but not great. Yeah. You know, like, eh, I've had better. You know how they're really good is if you crush the communion wafers and put them right on top. Oh, then they're really that, good like that. Well, it's nice because it kind of thickens them yeah. up a little bit. Yeah, you know, well, then they the, put that, you know, they make it in that red wine and blood of Christ sauce, <laughs> which is great. It's just great. It's a great sauce that goes with it. Wait, can you imagine the the horror this poor guy felt? Like whoever was stuck being the fucking blood courier, you know, was like, "Oh, where'd I put my backpack full of pope blood?" Oh, oh, <laughs> I am guy, in so much that trouble. That guy filled his pants. You know what right. I mean? Because that's a big deal when you lose the pope blood. Oh yeah, you're gonna have to go. You're gonna you, you should you basically showed up to work and you're like, "Hey man, where's the pope blood?" <sighs> yeah, Oops. about the pope blood. <laughs> Kind of lost it. And don't you also wonder at what point they were like, all right, Pope John, we got to prep you. What? Am I having a procedure? No, 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 no. We're just taking some of your blood out so we can store it as a holy relic after you die. Oh, good. Yeah, proceed. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get a couple of pints here. You know what they should have done, Tom, is they should have put the the, the vial of the Pope blood in the Pope mobile and sent it home. You know what I heard they did, actually? Now, this is, this, is, this is a secret. A lot of people don't know it because I made it up. But, uh, you know, w- what I have heard is that they took a pint or so every week from – because you got to replenish that sure, shit. Sure, yeah, you know? yeah, no problem. They yeah. took about a pint a week the whole time. Yeah, they paid him 25 so bucks too every time. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pope is selling his plasma. Yeah. He's got super plasma. So. Yeah. Um, 
But uh, they're actually waiting for the next like big Catholic event. And then, like, scantily clad priests are going to come out with super soakers of it oh. and just spray the crowd. It's like it's like the rave and fucking blade, you know, what I mean? where they're just right. shooting the fucking blood down from the ceiling. There's that music pumping in the back. Rescuer comes out with, like, a microphone. He's like, hello, Vatican! <laughs> she just starts spraying the crowd with Pope blood. And everybody's healed, which right. is good. right. But sticky, which is bad. That seems like a tragic waste of Pope blood, in my opinion, but that's cool. And actually, sticky is the way a lot of priests leave They like it, though, people. that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, how would, you, how would you tell a daughter or a granddaughter that, who, who, God forbid, would be the victim of a rape to keep the child against her own will? Is that, is that something that you would... I mean, do you have a way to explain that? I lived something similar to that with my own family. She chose life, and I commend her for that. She knew my views, but uh, fortunately for me, I didn't have to. She chose the way I thought. Now, don't get me wrong, it wasn't great, but she did. Similar how? Uh, having a baby out of wedlock. That's similar to rape? No, no, no. But uh, so, well, put yourself in a father's position. Yes. I mean, it is similar. This wasn't. But I'm back to the original. I'm pro-life. Period. See, so this story is from Gonker.com. The Republicans make it worse. So, so much worse. Republican Senate candidate says his daughter's out of wedlock pregnancy, similar to a rape. Yes. It's like a rape. It's like a rape, except for that nobody was raped. Yeah, you know, it's it's sure. like a rape in the same way that a car is like a cloud. Yeah. They are both things <laughs> that you can say. Yeah, I mean, you know, in one case you have sex uh, without consent, and in the other case you have sex with consent. So the sex was had, Tom. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a corollary here. Yeah, evidently it is so awful for this prudish little shit. That his daughter had the sexy times. He is so fucking appalled that he equates sexy times that his daughter was, you know, consensually defiled by her her lustful behavior. He was so appalled. His fucking Victorian ridiculous nature was so offended that in his mind he can't, like, he draws a fucking parallel to somebody raping his daughter. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I I got the same feeling when I was reading this, and 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 if you read what he says here, he tries to backpedal throughout the whole thing. He says, "I lived something similar to that with my own family. She chose life, and I com- I commended her for that. She knew my views, but fortunately for me, for, for you, me, I know she right? chose the way I thought. Now, don't get me <laughs> she wrong; chose it wasn't the way great. I thought. And and you know what you want to say to him is like, okay. But isn't that how it's supposed to work, dude? Like, you have a child. You instill in your child these views and values that you you raise them to be uh, what you would consider, in your worldview, a moral person. You make those decisions for your children. Now, they go out in the big wide world. Somebody knocks them up. And then... They have, they, they, they have to make a choice. And you say it here. You specifically say it here. She chose. She chose. Well, shouldn't other people have that choice? No, no. I think he would have preferred that, that she was forced to be moral. Because that's how we know morality is true, right? When it comes from a place that's not thoughtful or considered, but ob- obligatory. 
Right. That's how we know that you've so like like when when Finn, I've got a five year old, you know, when when he does right, I know it's because he had no other options. And that's when I'm most proud. But when he's got an option and he gets to pick and he does right, I'm still a little disappointed that he had the option. You know? A little heartbroken for him that he had the option. I should have put him in a situation where he had no choices. Because that's how you make moral people, Cecil. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me, right? Like, why would there be punishment or reward for these actions if it's obligatory? Like, if my actions, I can't control whether or not I'm going to make that choice. Why would God reward me for it? Would he reward? Would he punish me then, Tom, if I thought, fuck, I wish I could get an abortion, but I can't? Is that the only opportunity that God has to punish me then? Right. At that point, it's just it's just thought crimes. It's just thinking. Yeah. Right. I didn't even do anything. I just thought, fuck, this is going to fucking ruin my life or fuck. I don't want to raise a fucking rapist child or damn, I don't want to have to wind up, uh, you know, with this baby that my father impregnated me right. with. But and I just think, oh, I, w- I wish I could get an abortion. And that's my damnation process. Why don't you just let these people damn themselves? If you're so worried about it, let them damn themselves. Don't put laws in place to stop them from doing it. That's why God rewards people with heaven. You don't understand. Don't you even know your own book? Look, Cecil, your theology is weak here. We were given free will so that our legislators could take it away. Yeah, exactly right. And that's how you know you've done right is you voted into people to reduce your choices. There's a part of this, Tom, that I just don't understand, though. He's like, <coughs> uh, they're saying, you know, uh, are you comparing the two? And he's like, no, I didn't, t- I didn't say that. She went through a situation with, uh, uh, I, I said, I went through a situation with a daughter. It's very, very difficult. But do I condone rape? Absolutely not. But I propose life. I, yes, I do. I'm pro-life, period. Who condones rape? I know. Who? What posi- What politician on <laughs> right? record is saying, you know what I really condone? You know, I'm a, I'm a fan of NAFTA. I'm, you know, like he's saying all this other stuff that he's like, I'm for, uh, I hate the Occupy movement, whatever they're saying. And then he's like, and by the way, I condone rape. Yeah. Like, what, what was the last uh, politician who was elected on a pro-rape agenda, yeah, right? pro-rape agenda. <laughs> like, he's just like, and I will make sure. That rape is condone. What? I and there's two rapists in every pot. <laughs> right. <laughs> the religious right that I was part of is fundamentally anti-American. They hate this country. They wrap themselves in the flag, but they hate America as it is. The America that embraces gay people is multicultural is a homogenous society that seeks to incorporate all races and ethnic creeds into its culture. The America they love is the, quote, Christian America that they keep harping back to, that people like Rick Perry, Michelle Bachman, Sarah Palin, George W. Bush, etc., all want to take us back to. But it's an America that never existed and certainly doesn't now. Cecil, this story is from businessinsider.com, and the title of it, I think, is kind of perfect. It is infuriating that I can't vote for a fiscal conservative without also supporting religious aggressives. Um, This is an editorial piece from Business Insider, but I think this mirrors a lot of things that, uh, Cecil, you and I have said on the show. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I feel like very often, Tom, when we talk about, you know, real true conservatism, we're talking about conservatism that goes back, at this point, almost 40 years. Um, When you get into... 
you start getting into the Reagan era and other other presidencies, the Bushes, things like that. You're talking about a religious right conservatism. Right. You're talking about a, a group of people that instill, try to instill their moral values into the party, which really was more about uh, small government, which is not – it's not about small government at all. Now, I mean listen to Rick Santorum talk and you can tell that guy is not for small – I mean he even comes right out and says Yeah, it. he does. Yeah. But there's this there's this part I want to read. He says uh, he says and, and I, I want to make sure this is one part I, I kind of want to criticize him for just a little because this article is very well written. Uh, it echoes some of my sentiments and, and some of your maybe a few of your sentiments, Tom. But it says at some point I would actually like to vote for a presidential candidate who has the balls to really tackle our budget problem. Because as a country, we really do have hard choices to make. And now is the time to have leaders who are actually willing to lead, read, uh, read here, make unpopular decisions. Instead of spineless yes-men who quake at the thought of saying or doing things that most people don't want to hear. And while I agree with that to some extent... You can't get anything done in our country with the Congress that you have. If you're thinking that the president is going to be the one to make these decisions, you're just wrong. That's not how this works. It's got to be – you've got to get a union of two parties uh, or two uh, – not two parties. You've got to get a union of two branches of government here. You know, you've got to make sure that the, that the House and the Senate have a majority of the president's uh, – political office in power, as well as having that president in power. And we saw that that really didn't even do anything even when Obama had it. Well, yeah, but I mean, part of that is because the Democrats are so spectacularly disorganized that even when they are, as a party, in control, they lack any unifying force of of substance, you know, to rally behind and get anything fucking done. It's just... They're like the party of ineffectiveness. But, yeah. you know, one, one thing I appreciated a lot about this is, is this phrase here. Thanks to the radicalization of today's Republican Party. And I think that's very true for a lot of people. Um, like you, I'm disappointed, uh, not because I think that I would probably vote Republican. I, I don't know. But I'm disappointed that I don't have a choice. And I feel like I have, when I walk up to the ballot box for for major decisions, you know, for uh, congressional decisions for uh, presidential decisions, and I cast my vote. First, I live in the Chicagoland area, so it's meaningless. Um, but nonetheless, right. I don't have any real options, I don't think, because the, the Republican Party has become so incredibly radicalized because they have pandered for so long and so successfully to uh, a religious base um, in this country that you, you now have a group that is backing and supporting and propping up this radicalized party that is unable to separate itself from the religious nutcases who I think um, will destroy um, this country by destroying our, our uh, presence and success in science and science education first and foremost. I think that's, you know, you're not going to get anywhere as a nation without science, technology, um, growth in those sectors are the only sectors. We don't have manufacturing anymore. That is the place we have to compete with the rest of the world. You, you destroy that, we've got nothing. Yeah, We've got nothing. The party's become so radicalized, it's, it's, like, a, uh, it's like a machine that just perpetuates itself in terms of getting elected, but doesn't seem able to accomplish any goals or good outside of that. Well, and the other thing that they've, they've been running on for years and years is this, this tax cut nonsense. 
ta- cut taxes, cut taxes. Well, you're not cutting any spending. That has to be going. You you know, like you're you're go- you're going in two directions here. There's a lot of spending and there's not a lot of taxes right now. So you have to do two things. You know, just like a it's just like dieting, right? If I want to diet, I can work out more or I can eat less. Those are my two options. If I do both, work out and eat less, I start I could start losing weight pretty quickly. Same thing here. If I, you know, work out, meaning I get more taxes in and I eat less, meaning less spending, I can move that middle, move to that middle area much quicker. But no president is wanting to do that. All the presidents seem to be saying, well, what we really need to do is infuse a lot of money into the economy. And then once we do that, we're also going to cut all your taxes. And it's like, okay, well, great. I understand you're trying to stimulate the economy. But at a certain point, the deficit is going to be so great that the economy is not going to matter anymore. The economy is just going to be swallowed up. So we're going to have you know, massive inflation. You know, There's a lot of bad things that can happen here. And I'm not an economist, so I don't want to get fucking emails from people like, oh, you, you fucking got it all wrong. I know. I'm not a smart guy. I don't care, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is, the fact is, is, that, uh, is that there's a lot of people with not a lot of answers. And, and everybody's answer on both sides of the aisle seems to be the same thing. Uh, one group wants to cut taxes to one side. One group wants to cut taxes to the other side. I know where I stand because I feel like, uh, you know, we don't have the, – we're the bulk of the nation, first off. We're the bulk of the nation. We're the bulk of the spending population. Right. So we have more money to spend. If you give us more money or don't take as much money away from us, we will spend more money. That's just the way it works. Um, a rich person already has everything they're going to spend. So you're not going to ask them to spend. And nobody creates jobs. People only create jobs for profit. They don't just create jobs just be like, well, you know – a good thing the government gave me that tax break. Now I can go create a job. Nobody right. says that. Nobody's ever said that ever. But I want to read one more thing here, and this is about abortion, and uh, this is something we just talked about, and I love this person's view on it. Even if I personally do not uh, – uh, he's talking about, you know, basically if uh, – you know, here's the thing. I would uh, – he's like, I have pro-choice. I am pro-choice. I believe that life begins at conception. When else would it begin? And he says, if I were ever in a situation in which I had to make a personal decision about abortion, I would have, very, I would have a very tough personal, personal decision to make. And then he says, even if I personally would not choose to go forward with an abortion, I would never support stripping other Americans of that choice, especially in cases of rape and incest. Because although I believe that life begins at conception, I understand that some people don't believe that. And that some people might, given under this, uh, given certain circumstances, choose to terminate that early life at which point when it is not even remotely human. That is a person who I, I could absolutely look at and say, you have thought about this issue. You've thought about this issue. Yeah, you know, you think that life begins at conception. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody thinks that life begins at conception. We get to make our own decisions. You made yours. Other people get to make theirs. Everybody's happy. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, Cecil, uh, this story is from Kiev Post. Kiev? Kiv? Kiev? I don't know. There's a Y in there. Kive. 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 Post. I don't know. I got post. Yeah. <laughs> I got dot com out of that. Israeli rabbi calls for prayers for Iran's destruction. The very first thing I have to point out is this fucking awesome picture. It is great, isn't it? This picture could not be better. This looks like some, like, crazy, like, like montage. It doesn't even look like a real thing. This yeah. picture is so heavily 
I don't know, man, like sculpted or something. The, the shadows, the uh, repeating image behind this guy, you know, of the of the backdrop. It's just, it looks fake. <laughs> I love you know, it. You know you've made it big when you could take the stage next to a giant picture of your own head. Right. Like, you know you've hit the big time. Because when there's a- that always turns out well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, this other other thing, too, is that this guy kind of looks like an old Jewish Flava Flav. <laughs> all he needs is, like, is like a big giant Torah <laughs> on a gold chain around his neck. Like, that's all he needs. <laughs> but he totally looks like, I mean, he looks like somebody. Flava. Flavor Flav would make more sense than this guy. I, you know, to be honest, I think you're right. I think he would. Flavor Flav. I, I, I'll tell you this: when I get a posse, and I will have a posse. Oh yeah. When I get absolutely. a posse, they all have to wear awesome hats like this. They do. Too. <laughs> Those hats are the best hats ever. And you see the one guy without a hat behind behind Rabbi Babushka or whatever this guy's yeah. name is. Rabbi Babushka. <laughs> The one guy without a hat is just like, fuck, I forgot my hat at home. Totally is it picture day? It's not picture day, is it? Yeah. Oh, fuck. It's well, he's got Christopher day. Reeves in the back over here on the right. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Reeves in his, in his uh, you know, why aren't they wearing like the traditional Jewish tuxedo that they wear? Like the Orthodox tuxedo that they're forced to wear? Like they should have to wear that thing. If uh, All I'm saying is if if I were an influential Jewish leader, I would walk exclusively on wine glasses that I would crush <laughs> underfoot. Exclusively. You'd walk around to Hava Nagila. I would, every, just, I would just, just like constantly be playing your theme song. I'd be fucking muzzle toffing <laughs> as far as the eye could see. It would just be... That'd be awesome. So, you know that guy's 91 years old? This guy, he's, he's basically like saying that... Uh, he says, I'm going to quote here. He says, we, uh, when we ask God to bring an end to our enemies, we should be thinking about Iran, those evil ones who threaten Israel. May the Lord destroy them. Uh, and he was quoted as saying, this guy's 91 years old. Yeah. Like, this guy shook hands with Jesus. <laughs> like, he might Wait, have been... He, he did, but been, he didn't believe it. No, he was one of, he was one of those people who told the Romans. <laughs> hey, buddy. That guy over there, get him. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this is uh, this is outrageous. The, the the idea that after for so long, you know, I mean, all these all these nutbags and all these countries surrounding Israel forever have basically been saying the same thing, right? Like, oh, right. death to Israel! We must destroy Israel. When can we blow up Israel? Is it time to eat Israel yet? Like, yeah. <laughs> they're just constantly like it's a, it, it's it's a fucking mantra. They're like. Israel must die. Israel yeah. must die. You know, and 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 it's condemned, right? The Israelis. Oh, you yeah. can't. You can't talk you like can't that. Say that. You can't There's say innocent that. men, women, and children here. Right. But stoop to their level. That's what you need to do. But you know what we'd like is we'd like to destroy Iran. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think no, your chariots of iron are going to help you in this one. Stoop, stoop to their level because that fucking solves everything. And, you know, here's a guy at 91 years old that should remember a six million cleansing of the Jews. Right. You know, lived through a situation that was horrifying, uh, lived through the creation of Israel. And, and you would think that he'd be like, you know what? I don't I don't support genocide. That never is good. That's never that's never a good. We can't. Wouldn't that be like if there's only one takeaway, wouldn't that be a good takeaway? Hey, we're in Israel. Yeah, well, why is there in Israel? 
well, funny you should ask. And yeah. it's like, well, let me tell you how we took Palestine. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this other thing, too, he says, and I'm going to quote directly from the article here. It says, in the past, this guy, Baghdad-born, Yosef, uh, has stirred controversy by likening Palestinians to snakes, calling for Palestinian President Mahumad Abida, Abibas, Abibas, I don't know how to not pronounce his name, to perish from this world and describing non-Jews as born only to serve us. Yes, that that's that's how you make fucking friends and influence people. <laughs> that's what you do there, old timer. That's actually chapter say, nine of that book. It turns like, out. It's seriously, like this guy is just some old crotchety old dude that everybody's listening to. Right, right. It, it's 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 not right when they say it about Israel. It's not right when you say it about not Israel. Yeah. But you've got to you've like the idea that he can't draw this core like. Yeah, I don't know. It seems to be some connection here. Anyway, all non-Jews are born to serve us, so I don't know why those guys don't like me. Everybody seems to think I'm just a hateful, spiteful, evil little creature. Look, if I'm serving you, you got to leave a tip, bro. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> and none of this 10% crap, you 90-year-old Jew, okay? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. I am very oh. uncomfortable. I got to edit that out, Tom. I think you do. <laughs> I can't stay. That was awesome, but that cannot stay. Oh, it might stay. We'll see. Oh, I'm very uncomfortable right now. So we got two voicemails. We got one from Balls and one from Donovan. Uh, I'm going to play him now, and then Tom's going to read Donovan's. Oh, grave cherubs of reason. I gave you a challenge recently, and you kindly responded with nay. Not just Twinkies, but we shall sustain from all hostess treats. And I, for one, commend you on it. Such a noble act. Now, I was originally planning to challenge you both to one episode of Cognitive Dissonance with no naughty swear words. However, not only do I think that this challenge could not be accomplished by you two, it would also be extremely fucking boring. So there you go. Here, I have lived up to my end of the deal and donated to Apocalypse Without Borders. Good on you, mates. Balls from Brisbane. Yeah, this is Donovan and Little Alabama. I just want to make another comment about the whole legitimate rape thing. To me, a lot of what I think I was hearing out of Edkin and others who use things like legitimate rape is trying to say that, oh, she wasn't really raped. She's just saying she was raped so she can you know, get sympathy or that she changed her mind afterwards. These are the kind of guys who basically want to do everything they can to avoid admitting that somebody might actually get raped. Keep up the good work, and it's a great show. And don't worry about censoring yourselves, because I'm going to do laugh out of it anyway. So, Tom, what does Google Voice, Google Voice Translate think Donovan said? Yeah, this is Donna. That it will say, ooh, I don't know. Yeah, I just want to make another. I'm going to have a whole lives and everything. Hey, a lot of what I think, I was there. You have. Hey, Kevin! (laughs) That is the used end of the generator. (laughs) I love that line. I love that line. It's trying to say that, ooh, she wasn't really race. Jesus! (laughs) Saying she was ring so she can get down, or so she can down get sympathy. Nice. She changed her mind. 
afterwards, hey, this is how you guys soon. Hey, sweetie, want to do everything? I can see a void, and they had, so I, my, <laughs> actually right. <laughs> hey, bud, they're working ratio. Hey, don't worry about the uh, status of that has a lot of anyone. <laughs> Google Voice got none of that right. None of that right. Thank you, Donovan, for for calling in. Uh, I also want to mention to Balls, next time we're hoping, um, if Tom and I remember, we're going to buy some Twinkies and then eat them. They're nasty little (laughs) Twinkies on the air. But we want to thank you for for sending in the money. And now that the two weeks will be over, I think, tomorrow – I have not partaken in any hostess treats. Tom, have you? No, no. Okay. Although I will say, I think the game was rigged because I don't like them. Oh, well, you're going to have to fucking eat one. I know. <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Yeah. That's the problem. That's See, so I stuff. also want to mention real quick that uh, it's kind of a big week. We broke $1,000 this week. That's great. In our uh, Doctors or Apocalypse Without Borders charity drive. So I was very excited. It broke. We broke $1,000. You and I haven't kicked our money in yet. Right, yeah. We're still going to do that. We still owe $200 to the kitty at this point. And uh, and we're still in the, in the race right now for somebody with the best with the with the most is going to get the get the shirt. Now a lot of people have donated a hundred dollars. Um, I haven't looked through recently to see if anybody else has kicked in a little extra donation to knock themselves up over the hundred mark. But I'm pretty sure a lot of people are tied at this point. I'll. Uh, I'll probably be reading off first names of a bunch of people um, in the next few episodes to make sure that people know uh, who's in the lead uh, and is, is, is at this point uh, going to be getting the shirt. And if it's tied for a bunch, you guys got to make a decision because I'm not buying shirts for all of you. It's fucking not going to happen. <laughs> just not going to happen. Someone's going to donate $101. I know Somebody's going to just donate an extra buck and you're right. good, right? Oh, you know, it's like the price is right. Like, you've, you know, you got to donate a little bit and a little bit. And maybe I won't even tell you. Maybe I'd be like, well, you don't know who's in number one. Hmm? You just have to see. It's at least maybe it's $100. You. It's at least 100 <laughs> So we got an email, Tom, from a Southern atheist by the name of Anonymous. I love Anonymous. Nice, nice person. Man or woman. Unsure which. Um, the, the reason I like this is uh, this is an individual who is uh, a farmer, and they drive around on their tractor listening to us. That mental image made me giddy. Yeah. The idea of some southern farmer rolling around on his tractor listening to my dumb ass yeah. just, <laughs> I mean, it makes me giddy. Especially yeah. the idea, I have this idea that's very furtive, you know, like I don't really want anyone to see. <laughs> I like the idea that people in parts of the country have to hide listening to a, an atheist know, show, like crazy? masturbating. You yeah. know, like you have to like sneak off into the bathroom and like put your iPod in a sock. iPod in a sock. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got there? What do you got in your, nothing? I ain't got, no, what do you got in your hand there, boy? No, that's just. Uh, is that your iPod again? I'm in the bathroom, <laughs> I'll give you a whooping. <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand me, Paul. <laughs> Shut the door! Shut the door! Shut <laughs> <laughs> Are you listening uh, to Atheist Podcast there? So, uh, so we got another email. Um, we got an email from, well, this person didn't leave their name. From Hotmail. <laughs> <laughs> Hotmail sent us an email. How awesome. <laughs> Hotmail's just like, hey, bro, what's All up? <laughs> you guys want to come over? How's Google working out for you? Much no, better than uh, Hotmail. Hotmail says... Um, How timely. Stephen is right uh, that profanity being offensive is silly. This last Sunday, I was removed from a bar in a sports arena. 
uh, because a few infantile old fucks were in earshot when I used a few saucy words. Talk about cognitive dissonance. They threatened to embarrass me in front of the crowd by physically beating me because my words offended their myopic and childish worldview. Yeah, that's fucking ridiculous. Threatened beating because somebody swore? Yeah. Don't do this thing I don't like or I'll beat you. Wait, what? That's wrong. Where are we? Like, that's a more wrong, right? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's as if somebody's like, well, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a wrong number four. Hey, yeah. if you do that, I'll do a wrong number nine. Yeah. Wait, that's more wrong. That's, <laughs> how are you? You're adding more wrong to the you're equation. Like exponentially more wrong. Right. Even if I believed yeah. in this, like, we started with four, but now we've got 13. Yeah, I don't even believe in the, it's wrong to begin with. Okay, so we got an email from Donald, and Donald says uh, that they have a lot of uh, experience, and they don't. They want to. They wanted to see. They were wondering if it would be possible to join us as a guest on a future episode. Uh, Donald, we normally, when we have guests, uh, not that we wouldn't, you know, love to have people on that listen to the show, but there's a great way for you to contribute to the show. You can call our voicemail and leave a short message, and we'll play it on the air. We we do that with almost everybody. That if we like your message, um, if we can make sense of it or we can hear it. Most of the time, we'll play it. Uh, if it's too long, we cut it. If it's three minutes, it's gone. But yeah, there's plenty of ways for you to, right now, if you want to lend your voice to the show, you're welcome to call us. Um, if we like your voicemail, we'll put it on. Uh, but when we have guests, uh, we, we normally have guests for purely selfish region, reasons. We want to reach out to more audience. That's kind of like what we do. We try to reach out to people to see if they're going to like the show, uh, mainly so we can get complaints. That's mainly right. why we try to reach <laughs> larger audiences so we can get more complaints. But, uh, but what we do is if we reach out to larger audiences, we put people on that have blogs or that are writers or that have podcasts, established podcasts with audience. And then we normally have them on our show and we try to be on their show, too. Uh, so we can reach these larger audiences. So we normally don't have just listeners on. We, we actually don't at all have listeners that are just listeners on the show. Uh, we want people that are, are established in, in some sort of community of their own that want to come on our show. Yeah, it's all part of an incestuous masturbatory circle. So yeah, we, we, we'd love to have you join us. But Yeah, well, here's how you join us. Start a, start a podcast, gain a listener base, Talk to us in a year. Right. <laughs> we got an email, uh, and this is from uh, someone who didn't leave their name. This email um, talks a lot about uh, Aikens, and there's, uh, there's a part of this email where the person says, I think there is a better explanation. The pain and suffering, suffering of women is not relevant. They're talking about Aiken Aiken and their, their views on rape. They are only concerned about the zygote and their uh, and their own needs. The hardship of women must the hardship that women must endure is just part of God's plan for them. They are mere vehicles for the production of more babies. I know that a lot of people think that. So oh. thank you for sending that in. We really appreciate that. Um, at the bottom, the person says, "Thanks, thanks to the podcast." It does appear that you two are toning down the vulgarity in my 55-year-old mindset. Thanks you for that. Well, I, you know, some episodes have more F-bombs than others, uh, but, you know, you should be ready, I think, to, uh, to withstand a barrage of them. And if you can't, if you don't want to listen to that, if that's not something that you're down with, uh, we get not listening. Um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're totally down with, with people not listening because they, they just can't stand the, 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 the language. Um, that's a barrier for them. That's fine. Uh, but uh, but we don't think that that is that is what the focus of the show is. The show is not just swearing; it's us being outraged. So next week, it's our hope um, to be on the Incredulous Podcast, which is a, a skeptical little game show that's put on by the Mercy Side Skeptics. Um, 
the uh, the person who runs the show, Andy, uh, Andy is going to be on our show, uh, hopefully, if all things go right, next week. So we will have Andy on to talk about his show, uh, Incredulous, and then we will be, uh, I guess, a guest panel, Tom, on that show. We'll Two of us will be joining to, uh, to make fools of ourselves on that show. Yeah, it should be great to ruin somebody else's show. Um, you know, I, I, people who are not familiar with Incredulous, it's, it's like a skeptical, wait, wait, don't tell me. Um, or I guess he describes it as, have I got news for you? But that sounds British, so I don't think it's yeah, real. Yeah, I don't even know. What, I mean, it's, yeah, <laughs> just made that up. He like doesn't even knows we don't know anything about British culture. He's just like he's making up fucking shows. He's just like I, I just made it up. That's yeah. not a real thing. All the questions that were just going to be British questions were just going to. It's going to be silence, radio silence for an hour. So that wraps up another episode of cognitive dissonance. Uh, we're going to leave you as usual with the Skeptics Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death in towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. G'day, Bruce from Australia here. I was just wandering past and I noticed you're listening to Cecil and Tom from the Cognitive Dissonance Podcast. I'd just like to point out that the views expressed by these two galahs are not necessarily those of their employers, families, friends or the local sheep shearing association. Apparently these two came out with this festering pile of rotting dingoes bollocks all by themselves. Struth, it baffles me why anyone would listen to these two drongos anyway. Seems they've got a few kangaroos loose in the top paddock, if you know what I mean. I reckon they've been down the local watering hole drinking like lizards. Anyway, just thought I'd like to point that out. Now I've got to go see a man about a wallaby, and I might crack a tube, put a prawn on the barbie, and drop this ridiculous Australian stereotype. Cheers. <laughs>